Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. What are you running from? What are you running from? Listen, we all go through life. We all have struggles in life. And God is calling all of us to something. And you know what happens a lot of times? We run the other direction. Have you ever done that? I've done that. We're talking about Jonah today. Everybody say Jonah. Jonah Jonah was running from something. You know, everyone at some point in their life has run from what God wants them to do. I know I've been there. I could tell you many stories of me running from God. You know, God comes to, if you don't know the story... God comes to a man named Jonah. He was a prophet. So a prophet in the Old Testament would go and speak either a judgment or a word to a people group. And so he would go and he said, God said, hey, go to Nineveh. It's a city. There's a lot. It's a big city back then. He said, go and speak to them about me. And Jonah's like, I don't, I don't like those people. <laughs> I think they're a wicked city. I don't know if I want to go there. So a lot of times, God speaks to us, and then we filter it through what we want to do. Have you ever done that before? Right? Come on. We do that all the time with finances, right? God's like, hey, you should probably pay your bills, but then you go and spend all your money at Frostbite. Right? Right, students? You go there, and you eat all of the ice cream that you can, that you can imagine. So you know, what's, you know what's amazing about uh, what happens with Jonah is he says, well, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I'm going to go to a place called Tarshish. Everybody say that for me. Good, you can't say it either. Um, So he's going to go to this city. And you know what's a a big thing too is that Nineveh is 500 miles away from where Jonah was. Tarshish was 2,500 miles away. You know, a lot of times in life, we, when we try to run from God, we, we should have just went toward what God wanted us to do. Because it's harder to run than to do what God's called us to do. Have you ever noticed that? I'm one of those people in traffic, okay? Listen, 27, you know when uh, everybody's in the fast lane, but they're going slow? Could you please kind of, no. Um, but, but if you're in traffic, I'm always like, I'm stopped and I'm in traffic. I'm looking at the map to see if I can go another way. You know what tends to happen? I start going all through these back streets through Avon Park, and then I get back out onto 27, and there's the blue van that was right in front of me. Come on. Some of us do that, right? So I should have just stayed in my lane and went that direction. Stay in your lane. But today, we're going to be talking about Jonah. What are we running from? What are we running from? I believe that you can ask yourself that question today, and God's going to speak to us. I believe that God has an assignment for every person in this room. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. It doesn't matter if you're 16 years old 66 years old, 96 years old, and man, if you've lived long enough, 106 years old. It doesn't matter. God has something for your life. God has a calling on your life. Isn't that awesome? 
that we have a God that doesn't just pick and choose, that we have a God who says, I'm calling you to do something in my kingdom. Let's pray today before we jump in. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for your, for your goodness. We thank you for us being able to come together as the body of believers and open up your word. I pray that today you would speak through me, and Lord, that you would speak to this church, and that we would learn from you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So listen, number one, and I don't have all the points up here, so you're going to write them down. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit uh, scatterbrained today, if that's okay. That's what it kind of seems like, but just hold with me. But number one, you have a whale of a tail. Everybody say, whale of a tail. Listen, you have a whale of a tail. God has a story for your life. Stories are important, aren't they? And I believe that God is writing your story as we speak. And sometimes there is a whale that gets in the way of our story that we think. You know, God has a call on you. He has a story to be written for you. You know what Jesus says in John uh, 14, it'll be up here, John 14, 12 to 14, it says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You know that the Bible, Jesus says that he is going to the Father, what? He's sending the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, you will do greater things than me. That's pretty amazing. That the Son of Man is saying, you will do greater things than me. Do you think that we're greater than Jesus? No. But he's going to move through us, and that we're going to be able to do greater things than him. So all of us have a story. You know, a lot of times people talk about church numbers, right? Like, how many people are at your church? You know, I go to different things. Like, how many, when I was a youth pastor, it was always, how many in your youth group, right? They're always asking about these numbers. And numbers do matter in God's kingdom, right? Because every number is a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. And so I believe that every person in this room that God is writing your story as we speak. You know, God asked Jonah to go to this wicked city called Nineveh. They, they were doing everything the wrong way. They weren't following God. You know what? Jonah decided, no, no, I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to go halfway across the world to get away from Nineveh. And then guess what happens? A big storm comes up. Right? Has anybody ever been in a hurricane before? Yes, we're in central Florida. We've been in a few. A big storm comes up, and we're going to tell a little bit the story as we go today. But a storm comes up, and the, Jonah's like, yeah, it's, it's my fault. Throw me overboard. And then the Bible says, I love this word, and it's in Jonah 1.17. It says, God provided Everybody say provided. Don't you want to be provided for? God provided a whale or a big fish to swallow Jonah. Now you're like, Pastor Landon, isn't this a Sunday school lesson? Yes, it is. And we're going to do it today. So number one, 
you have a whale of a tail. Number two, don't tell your story too soon. A lot of times, we all think that when we're reading Jonah, we're like, why didn't he just go, you know, why didn't Jonah just go to, to Nineveh and do what God called him to do? Because we're, we, we're, we get to see this big vantage point. We get to see Jonah 1, 2, 3, and 4, right? We get to see everything that happened, that this city came to the Lord and all of those great things. But you know what? In the middle of our story, we tend to run the wrong direction or we tend to run away from God. So imagine if I start and you're in the middle of your storm, of your story, and I start telling your story. It's not going to look so nice, right? Imagine if, if Jonah just stopped at Jonah 1. And that was it. God has a plan, and he wants to use the details of your life for your story. And it's all about that perspective. I was talking to my, can we welcome my brother Adam right here, and my sister-in-law, Laura Lee, right here. I'm going to tell this again. Um, Someone a couple weeks ago said, hey, when your family comes, can you bring them up on the stage so we can know who they are? I said, sure. So they... So they played guitar and bass, so isn't that awesome? Thank you, thank you. Glad you're here. Glad you can feel your fingers now, now that you, you're in Florida. They're from Canada, just so everybody knows. But by Jonah, so don't tell your story too soon. It's only after Jonah has done, you know that Jonah wrote the book of Jonah? So it's only after he experienced this story, did he write it down? So Jonah got in the boat and paid the fare, the Bible says. You know what happens when we're running? So number three, when we're running from God, it's going to cost us something. When we run from God, write that down. If we run from God, it is going to cost us something. So he got on this boat and he had to pay to get on the boat. For them to take them across the sea. Have you ever been out of God's will before? Have you felt like, man, I don't feel like I'm in God's will? I think a lot of times Christians think, hey, God's got this one little track that I'm going to go on and it's his perfect will and I've got to be real careful not to get off of that, right? Can I, can I tell you something really special today? Is if you're seeking God, If you're putting God first, you're in God's will. Amen. Okay, cool. If you're seeking God, if you're putting God first, you're going to be in his will. Because he's going to be making the decisions for you. You're going to be led by Holy Spirit to do what he's called you to do. Right? If so, if you go over to the right a little bit, you're not going to get hit by lightning. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) If you move over here to the left, you're not going to get hit by lightning, right? You're just going to get swallowed by a whale. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. kidding. So it may cost you something, though, when you run from God. It most likely will cost you something. Maybe, Maybe family member, maybe friends, maybe a lot of time, maybe money. But when we're, we're running away from what God is doing in our life, it's going to cost us something. Number four, well, before that, um, the Bible says after that that he went down to Tarshish. He went down. So number four, 
When you run from God's story, you'll go down. Uh Uh-oh. A lot of times we think, well, I can do it better on my own. Man, I can do it. I can do it so much easier. I can do it so much better. You know what I've noticed? I'm 34 years old, and I've noticed that I cannot do anything like God can do through me. That he can do it way better. Amen? You know, um, can I tell you something really, like, hopefully it won't offend anybody, but it's okay if it does. Um, I first heard about Frostproof. I said, I don't know where Frostproof is. And I came to, to interview at New Hope about three, three and a half years ago. And you know what? When Tara and I got home, I said, those great people. I, I really liked the people I met. But you know what I said? No. Oh, no. So, you know what happened after I said no? God just kept saying, frostproof, frostproof. I'm like, so if I don't go to frostproof, then I'm, I'm going to get swallowed by a whale, right? And isn't that amazing that even when we say no sometimes, God gives us a second chance. God gives us a third chance. And God gave me another chance. And I, I'm so happy I listened to him. Because I get to be here today. I love Frostproof. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I'm serious. I love our community. I love getting to serve as a pastor here. But sometimes we have thick heads, right? Sometimes we can't hear so clearly. We got we to gotta take all the stuff that, that is speaking to us and say, okay, I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to listen to God. And I'm going to follow his lead. Because you know what? He wants special things for all of us, right? He wants special things for every single person in this room. We just need to say yes and hold on, right? Hold on. Man, um, <laughs> we, uh, we have this golf cart at my house, and the clutch is broken, and my, my, my brother's here, and every time they come down, we're like, let's go on the golf cart. And we have all these different trails and everything in, in our neighborhood. And to get it going, my house is on a little bit of a hill. To get it going, you have to park it at the top of the hill. Someone has to get in the seat, okay, and push on the gas, and the other person has to push it. So it's fine when Adam and I go out on the golf cart, right? We just push it and we get going. Well, yesterday, we had our lovely wives on the, on the back of the golf cart, facing backwards. And so, what's really special about my golf cart is you can't stop. Or you'll have to push start it again. So, in our neighborhood, the stop signs are optional. But we get on the golf cart yesterday, and they're like, we want to go. I'm like, all right, hold on. Because when we turn, uh, we're going to be turning a little bit quicker than normal. Hey, my golf cart only goes 14 miles an hour, so we're good. But, but you know what? Hold on. 
God wants you to say yes and hold on because he's got something special for you to do. And that was the same with Jonah. He's holding on. You know, so a storm rose up. You know, there's a lot of storms in our life. You know that God sends some storms our way? Right? God allows us to be in storms. If a storm didn't roll in when Jonah was going to Tarshish, guess what? He would, who knows where he'd be right now? We probably wouldn't even have this story. But storms roll in sometimes in our life. And, but I believe that, that Jesus, just like it is in Mark 4, Jesus is right there in the middle of our storm. So in this storm, we've got Jonah. Um, Jesus actually took uh, um, a little bit of, out of his playbook. Remember in the storm in Mark 4, Jesus was reclining on a cushion in the back of the boat. Well, guess what? Jonah was doing the same thing. He was sleeping on the boat. And a storm came up. And all the guys on the, on the boat are like, what's going on? Let's get the Jonah guy. He's a prophet. What's going on? So finally, they figure out it's Jonah's fault. It's Jonah's fault that this storm is happening. So they're, and, and they're trying their best to keep Jonah on the boat, right? You don't want to throw somebody off the boat. Jonah's like, listen, if you don't throw me off this boat, this storm is going to continue. And it's going to get worse. You know, the guys on this boat, they weren't just regular guys, they would, have, they would have been used to going out to sea. It would have been a normal thing for them. So when they're scared, we know there's serious business going on, right? So finally, they throw Jonah off the boat. You know, just think of this. Go back to the sleeping part. He was in the back sleeping. Number five, Write this down. God won't allow us to be content in our complacency. Sometimes we want to sit. Sometimes we want to say, I'm retired from the faith. I'm good. It's kind of like a job almost to some people. Like, I'm retired, you know. I'm good. I'm saved now. I'm sanctified, you know. And they say, I'm retired. And we get complacent in our faith. And we kind of just say, oh, I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to let the younger ones do it. But we, we, we can't get comfortable in our faith. So a st- God, God wants to turn, churn stuff up sometimes in us, right? He's like, oh, they're content now? Let's send them a storm. So they'll be reminded of who I am. They're, they're off track right now. Right? It's like a train that gets off the track. That train can't go anywhere. God's like, I want to send a storm to put that train back on the track. Because, man, I don't want to be content in being in my complacency I want to I be right where God wants me to be. You know what, a lot of times, too, we get so, you know, we, we've been Christians so long, we start, we start blaming everything on the devil, right? We talked about that when Pastor Mark was here. We start blaming everything. Oh, there's a devil in my gas tank. I ran out of gas. No, no, you didn't put, you, you were content 
with having no gas in your, in your tank, and now you've run out of gas. That's what I love about people who, who are just becoming a Christian. They don't have the devil to blame. They have God to praise, and they want to do what they want to do. So, church, let's not be content in our complacency. You know, that's an advantage of people who don't go to church or, or just getting to know the Lord. They don't have that devil to blame. But also, if you think about this storm, right, we're in a storm sometimes because of us. But hey, listen, sometimes we're in a storm, church. Sometimes we're in storms because who we have on our boat. Who we've allowed in our boat. Jonah was in their boat. It was because of him the storm came. So yeah, we can blame stuff on us, but sometimes, sometimes, we're in the mess we're in because of the people we've allowed to pay the fare to get on our boat. Or, in our modern context, who we've allowed on our phone. Or who we've allowed on our Facebook, or our, I almost said MySpace. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting older. Um, who we've allowed in Instagram or Snapchat, or even if we've allowed Snapchat on the phone. I think we need to start deleting some stuff. We need to start kicking some people, some Jonas off the boat. We need to start kicking some Jonas out of our phones. Amen? Amen. The sailors realized the reason that the storm happened was because of Jonah. They threw him overboard. You know, it's so easy to preach about Jonah because we have all been rebellious at some time in our life, right? We've all been rebellious. Rebellion is really simply doing the opposite of what God wants us to do, right? And so today I'm here to talk about, hey, where are we being rebellious and how can we submit it to the Lord? Maybe start writing some things down that God's speaking to you about today. We've all run away. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. We've gone the long way around, right? Like I talked about in traffic. But God is still there. Look what it says in Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the, right, on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God is everywhere. And he's calling you to say, yes, grab on, enjoy the ride, let's go, let's do this thing. Anybody? Jonah didn't want to do what God called him to do. He wanted to run the other way. You know what, the, you know what part of Jonah's problem was with right off the bat, and a lot of us Christians have, is he judged the people of Nineveh before he even met them. And a lot of times as Christians, we look at someone's outside appearance or we look at what they do or what they've done or where they've come from and we judge them. Maybe it's the color of their skin. Maybe it's how they speak or maybe it's what country they come from 
Or maybe it's because they live in that area of town or that area of town. But I'm here to say that doesn't matter to God. We are all equal in his kingdom. Amen? Remember when I was a kid, red and yellow, black and white? They are precious in his sight. Amen? And so right away he judged them. Jonah comes to all sorts of conclusions. And I think we do that too many times. And we need to say, God, I'm yours. I want to have your heart. I want it to be tender, like we talked about earlier. Jonah comes to all sorts of conclusions. What kind of people God can bless, right? He, he, he's deciding these things for God. What kind of people God won't bless? What kind of situation God can work in? What kind of situation God can't work in? You know what? Jonah finds out that God will reach to the far ends of the earth to bring his children home, to welcome his kids home. Amen? That's why our slogan always is welcome home. Not welcome to this building, but welcome into the presence of God. Because, yeah, let's clap. I like that. Let's, I like that. God reaches. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, will be saved. You know, but what we remember mostly, let's get back to it. What we remember mostly about this story is something that we cannot fathom and science cannot describe. And we cannot write out the reasons how this worked and how Jonah didn't die was he was in a whale for three days and three nights. How did God, listen, how did God tell Jonah, a prophet, a follower of him, he told him something, and then he told a whale something, and the whale listened, and Jonah didn't? (laughs) And how did God speak to the whale, right? Listen, I have an eight-year-old at home. She watches Finding Nemo. Go to Jonah. God, God speaks whale. Okay? The whale comes and listens to God before his people. You know that the Bible says that even the rocks will cry out if no one else else does? Listen, a great fish comes. In that moment of this great storm in Jonah's life, God sent a whale to pick him up. And a lot of times, if, man, if, if that is us, we're like, man, I don't like this. We start to complain. This, this whale stinks. <laughs> How did that work? You know, God speaks whale. So I want to ask you a big question today. And you can write this down if you want. Has there been a time in your life where you've been in a storm where God has rescued you, where you've been running and God said, no, 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 son, come back. I think we can all pinpoint in different times in our life where God says, come home. It's time to follow me. From a situation that your own disobedience created God rescued it from from it. God has sent some sort of whale into your life, some sort of big fish to bring you back 
into the will that God has for you. The accommodations weren't nice. This was not a cruise ship, okay? I can't even begin to describe what this situation would have been like. But you know what? Sometimes it takes us to get to that a deep, dark place like Jonah did to understand that God wants us to be back with him. You know, a lot of times that's sin, right? A lot of times we get caught in, on, in some sort of sin and it takes us further and further away from God. I, I love what this writer says. Sin will, will take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. That's what sin does. You know what? That big fish was not comfortable for Jonah. God isn't a God who says, okay, I'm just going to make you all comfortable. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be just content and comfortable your whole life. Christians, the Bible says, pick up your cross and follow me. There is some burdens in life. Life is not going to always be easy. It's not going to always be rainbows and butterflies. But a life with God is better than any life, I believe. Amen? Amen. If God made you comfortable when you were in disobedience, don't you think you'd just keep going back to whatever that was? Like, oh, that was fun. I'm going to keep going back over there. You might be in a dark place for a moment, but really we want to look back and remember our dark place and say, thank you, God, for sending a whale to bring me home. Amen? Thank you, God, for sending me an amazing wife to to help me. <laughs> thank you, God, for sending me good parents, or thank you, God, for sending me that teacher. Thank you, God, for whatever it might be that God has sent you to bring you home. You know, I think of, when I think of this, I think of debt. Everybody say debt. And we all cringe when we hear the word debt, right? We, no one wants debt. <laughs> Man, anybody want debt? I can give you some. Okay, cool. <laughs> You know what happens when we're in debt or we're having hard times in our finances? We look back and we say, okay, I don't want to go that direction anymore. We think before we sign the note for the car, right? Before we sign the lease. Because it's a lease. Don't sign leases, okay? A lot of times we're picky, though. Do you notice that? Jonah starts complaining about things. We're in debt, but we're picky. Um, I want to tell you, uh, about six years ago, Tara and I uh, moved to Canada, and we were supposed to work at my friend's church as their youth pastor. Well, we lived in the States, and when we got to Canada, they said, you cannot bring your motorcycle into Canada, you cannot bring your car, and if you do, only your wife can drive them, because she's American and you're Canadian. I'm like, isn't this my country? Like, why can't I? So, and then they said, I would lose my, um, my way to live in the States so we said, okay, well then this isn't going to work out. We moved back to Florida, and you know what? All I needed was money. I didn't care where I worked. I wasn't picky. 
I worked at McDonald's. It was awesome. Yeah. I know you. I, I, I made donuts. Everybody say, yeah. yeah. I made some donuts. I planted orange trees. And I got to go see them a few months ago. Uh, they're huge. They're taller than me, so you know they're big, right? <laughs> but you know what? We can't get picky. Jonah started getting picky, right? He started complaining. But we've just got to do what God's called us to do. And you know what? When we're, when we're good with little... When we take care of what the little that God gives us, he'll give us more. We need to be grateful for what we have. We have a rescuer. His name is Jesus. Listen, there was lots of rescues if you look in the Bible. I'm almost done, so listen. Lean in for just a couple more minutes. Listen, our rescue. There was the, there was the ark, right? Right? Remember the ark? They... God rescued people through the ark. The Red Sea was a rescue plan, right, for the exodus. There was a whale. You know what? The greatest rescue plan in the history of mankind is the cross. And we need to be grateful for what Jesus did on the cross. It's amazing how at first when we become a follower, we're happy to just be in God's kingdom, right? So excited to be in God's kingdom. But then we start, like, complaining, right? Well, I didn't. They didn't do this at church. The pastor reads just out of the NIV. You know, we start, we start complaining about things that really, in the end, we start complaining. It's, it's smelly, right? Jonah in the, in the whale. People aren't noticing me. I don't get to do this. We get picky. So in the first part, if you, if you look in, in Jonah, the first part of Jonah 2, he's in the whale kind of, kind of having like a half prayer moment, half complaining time, right? But when you get to the end of Jonah 2, look what Jonah starts to say. Look at this, Jonah 2.9. Jonah made a shift and he became grateful. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, everybody say praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvations comes, salvation comes from the Lord. Isn't that amazing that, that finally he's like, okay, I am succumbing to this mode of transportation because I was running from God and I will be grateful for my salvation, for my way out of the darkness, for my way out of the mistakes that I've made. So, church, what I want to say today is we need to be grateful. We need to be grateful for God taking us out of the pit, taking us out of our disobedience and rescuing us with the cross at Calvary. Amen? After Jonah got grateful, it says in verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish, right? Listen, this fish listens well. Don't you love that word there just before it says Jonah? Don't you want to be a part of that situation? And it vomited Jonah onto dry land that was no longer dry because he vomited Jonah onto dry land. As Tara comes, I want to close with this. I know this is not my normal flow of a message 
But I think it's important for us to understand, are we running? Are we even running from one thing that God's calling us to? You know, I believe God has dreams and visions in your life. I believe he's had things from the day you were born that he wants you to do. And maybe you're like, I don't know what those are, Pastor Landon. I believe that God can speak to you and tell you what those are. Or maybe you're like, yeah, I am running from some of those things. I want to make an announcement today. When we get grateful, when we make the shift, when salvation and God's kingdom is our priority, when you change your mindset, when you start giving God praise, when you start to tell your life story to people, something begins to shift in your life. Something begins to change. You're like, Pastor Landon, I can't be, I'm not one of those excited people. I've seen you at football games. Grateful, this is your last one, grateful is the gateway into the provision of God. Grateful is the gateway into the provision of God. This is interesting. Jonah 1.17, if you'd open there. Jonah 1.17 says, Now the Lord provided. Everybody say provided. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Think Jonah thought that that was God's provision at the time? I love how the Bible says the word provided. You know, God will provide what you need, but you may not like it at the time. That storm wouldn't feel so comfortable. That whale wouldn't feel so comfortable. But God's provision looks maybe a little different than what we're expecting. Amen? So we need to thank God for his provision, for what he does provide. Let's stand today. It takes time to realize that what is the problem in your life Maybe you're thinking right now, here's the problem in my life. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm struggling with. It's hard to realize that the problem is God's provision. You're like, wait, you mean that I can learn something through my problems? You mean that God's going to give me freedom through my problems? To Jonah, for Jonah, the whale was his deliverance. He was in the middle of the sea in a storm where he wouldn't have lasted very long, right? And the whale came. This was no baby shark. Do, 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 do. This is, do we have a picture of the whale? big fish right there. You know that the largest one that they have on record 
was 108 feet long. That's a big fish. I'm glad the Bible says big fish. It's a big fish. But if we can take the problem in our life and say that is God's provision, if we can take the problem in our life and say that is my deliverance from the storm, then our mindset changes and says, okay, I know what God's doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes and I'm going to hold on for dear life. What are you running from? What are you running from? What are you running from? Let's run to the assignment God has for us as a church, as an individual, as a believer. Let's run toward Jesus with all that we have, with all that we are, because I believe something big's going to happen. Not just in this church. I'm talking about in your life. Something big's going to happen. We just need to be willing to say yes. God uses willing people that say yes. You know what? At the end of the day, if you look past, if you look down here, there was a great revival in Nineveh. Why? People came to the Lord. Why? Because Jonah, the reluctant prophet, eventually, through all of these miracles, through the provision of a whale, through being vomited out of one of these guys, he finally went to Nineveh and proclaimed the Lord there. Amen? What are you running from? Let's make the decision today before we leave to say, I'm running toward Jesus. Let's, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. With your hand up, by saying, I'm going to run toward Jesus, put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. I want to run toward Jesus with all that I am. I want to say yes. I want to grab on. Amen. Put your hand down. And those of you that come in here this morning and say, Pastor Landon, I haven't even made the decision yet to follow Jesus. Listen, that's okay. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. So if you say today, Pastor, I want to follow Jesus for the first time, would you put your hand up high? Say, that's me. I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. Let's pray this prayer today together. Jesus, thank you for providing for me. I want to run to you. I want to say yes when you ask. Fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Come on, we give praise to the Lord today. Amen.